and I'm holding her, she's whimpering. And yeah, I do feel proud, you know, for a couple minutes, I get off, I was like, you know, I got there, I did it, I completed this international adoption, but pretty quickly, that just kind of went out the window. And as I started looking at her, I began to just wonder, like, what's next for her? Will she become a doctor and heal people? Will she be a humanitarian and relieve suffering? Will she become a teacher and impact hundreds of students that then could impact thousands of lives? Would she go back to Haiti? Would she be an entrepreneur? I mean, and I couldn't answer, of course, any of those questions. But what I did know was I wasn't at the end of a checklist. I was at the beginning of something here, the butterfly effect. I've always felt in my I was born with cerebral palsy. I have always felt small. I was told not to take risks. I may be blind. But I teach people how to see. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up. Use their voice and make an impact in this world. You're listening to The Weekly Parody. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. If this is your first time listening, my name is Heather Parody and I am your host. And today we are talking about persuasion. Is persuasion the same thing as manipulation? If you are trying to get people on board with your mission, your business, your organization, your cause, whatever it is, how can you communicate with them in an effective way that persuades them to get behind you and support what you're doing and do that in a way that's honorable without tapping into that manipulation part? We have the perfect person to talk to us about that today. Jeff Tippett joins us. He is a speaker, author, entrepreneur, and he has dedicated his life to this topic. He founded Targeted Persuasion, which is an award-winning public affairs and communication firm and has worked with renowned brands such as Airbnb, the National Restaurant Association, etc., etc. He's written a few books, just has a lot of cool stuff going on, but at the heart and the root of what he does is trying to help impact-driven entrepreneurs and leaders communicate in a way that they can use persuasion as a tool in their belt to get their messages out and make a difference in this world. So in all transparency, and I said this to Jeff while we were on our call, when I first heard the word persuasion myself, when coming across his work, I was thinking, uh, do I need that in my life and my business and what I'm doing? Because it kind of has a, for me, a negative connotation with it. Persuasion, again, it went back to that kind of manipulation type thing. So I started this conversation with Jeff with that. I was just really honest with him saying, hey, the more I dug into your work, I was thinking, yeah, this is something, this is a tool that we need as entrepreneurs. Why, why do we resist it so much? So let's go ahead and just dive into this conversation with uh, Jeff Tippett. Yes, and I also hear like persuasion and manipulation. Like they're the same thing in a lot of people's minds, they're synonymous. And when I break this down and I contrast what persuasion is versus what manipulation is, light bulbs start to go off and people start to understand the difference. And for me, my big audacious bold statement is this, that we all, all of us live or die based upon our ability to persuade. 
And it doesn't matter if you're the CEO of a company trying to move that company forward through transition. This is not the 50s where you crack a whip, you know, and everyone does what you say too. You do have to persuade to move your company. It doesn't matter if you're in sales or if you're a sales manager or if you're in middle management and you have people on top of you or people below you. If you're an entrepreneur launching a company, if you're the ED of a nonprofit, if you just don't want to live alone for the rest of your life, we all have to persuade. So I'm pretty comfortable with my statement that we all live or die based upon our ability to persuade. We sometimes just don't recognize that and we don't see the opportunities. Absolutely. And there's so many questions I can ask you about this topic. But before we dive into that, can you give us a little backstory of why you've dedicated your life to this topic? So um, I have a background in communications. As I said, I own a communications firm. So I've um, that's been a, a specialty of mine. But when I started my company, I named it Targeted Persuasion. And I was at that point doing um, political work. But I have a, just a love, a passion for, for persuasion. But for me, like when, it, when these lessons really came true was when I was um, completing an international adoption of a baby from the country of Haiti. And <clears throat> it was through the experiences that I learned in that where what I found internally about myself, just being honest, was I found that like, Oftentimes I was manipulating people or oftentimes I was really good at having a to-do list and just pushing so hard to make it happen that sometimes I could even damage relationships in order to get the things that, that I was after. That happens a lot of times in business, but, but being there like with all these language barriers, with cultural barriers and just being part of a whole different culture, I started to understand that you know, this really is not the best way that I've approached things in the past. And with this baby's life hanging in the balance here, I had to learn to adapt. And so from that, I began to understand the basis of persuasive communication and then began to apply and refine um, that messaging. And so my new book, um, what I actually do in that, it, it's designed to be like a theory of persuasive communication. Um, I at all do not adhere to a silver bullet or a single approach to persuasion. I feel like what there's no singular path. If there were, there'd be one book out there. We'd all read the book and we'd have this down. There's so many different approaches. So what I try to do is I start at the very beginning of messaging and under, help people understand how do you craft messaging? How do you craft a simple message? How do you craft a message that's going to capture people's attention? How do you make your message sticky? Like when we have a conversation with people, we want it to stay in their mind an hour after they've finished talking with us, when they're reflecting after dinner, we want our conversations to come back to mind for them. We want to stay top of mind. How do we make those conversations sticky, the messaging sticky there? How do we help others find their win? And that's so that we actually win, but really making sure our focus is on the other person. And again, that we're not manipulating. How do we create a connection with the other people there? Um, in my book, I'll also walk through like how you position your message, how you craft a call to action. Um, and then I wrap up going back to the adoption story and I talk about the greater good. And I help people focus on more than these little transactions that we're doing every single day. And in, in sharing what happened as I landed with the airport, holding her, um, I push toward the greater good, which ultimately reinvigorates people. It, it fires them up. It helps them understand something bigger than what's happening right now in my life, which gets me out of bed the next morning to go and to keep doing the things that I feel like I'm called to do and that I'm passionate to do. Yeah, I love that. And I guess what clicked for me in your message is when you talk about what happened in the airport after you went and got your daughter, you had a really hard time bringing her over. But then when you were 
sitting in the airport with her, you talked about how you started thinking about the ripple effect in her life and what her life was going to look like moving forward and how all of the persuasion and the things that you went through really didn't have as much to do with you and how it was about her and just the impact focus of persuasion. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? That was a major revelation to me. So I landed in the airport six and a half months of the adoption, which by any standard was fast. You know, that country was falling apart, right? Any standard, that's, that's a fast international adoption. Um, and I land and I'm holding her. Um, she's whimpering at that point. We found out she had double ear infection. She had like several types of virus in her body. So the pressure, the cabin pressure was just killing her ears. And I'm holding her, she's whimpering. And yeah, I do feel proud, you know, for a couple minutes, I get off. I was like, you know, I got there, I did it. I completed this international adoption, but pretty quickly that just kind of went out the window. And as I started looking at her, I began to just wonder like, what's next for her? Will she become a doctor and heal people? Will she be a humanitarian and relieve suffering? Will she become a teacher and impact hundreds of students that then could impact thousands of lives? Would she go back to Haiti? Would she be an entrepreneur? I mean, and I couldn't answer, of course, any of those questions. But what I did know was I wasn't at the end of a checklist. I was at the beginning of something here, the butterfly effect, which is which has that first flap of a butterfly wing that eventually, over time and over space, creates a powerful hurricane. And at that point, I began to realize. I don't even know the lives that she's going to touch. I don't even know the lives that are going to be impacted. But what I do know is I helped flap that first butterfly wing. And so much good is going to happen from her life as she impacts others and touches others' lives that I just didn't even thought of at that point. And that, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a speaker, motivates me to get out there and do the things that I do to impact lives because it will make changes far beyond myself and what I will ever know. Yeah. And you know, our listeners were really driven by the idea of making a difference, leaving an impact. But what ends up happening is sometimes we're so excited and gung-ho about this big picture that it's really hard for us to communicate what we want to do in the world and condense down our message in a way that is consumable and easily understood by people we're trying to persuade and influence and 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 work with. And that's part of what you do as well is help people get their messaging down to accurately explain what their business is about, what their organization is about and what they offer the world. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we sometimes um, get so excited about what we're doing, which is good. I love passion. I, you know, when I get off the stage, you know, one of the first things I hear is, God, he's full of passion. He's full of energy. You know, that's fantastic. But oftentimes, like our messaging is so big and is so all over the place that for one thing, people just don't get it. Um, and so when I'm working with clients and when speaking, you know, I spend a lot of time helping people understand how to craft a simple message. And how do you take all this grandiose and pull it down to something that's manageable. I, I do a lot of work in public affairs and you know, public policy is extremely complicated. There is nothing simple about it. But when I am building a grassroots coalition and I am trying to get people to buy in and support it, I have to hone that down to something that is so small, bite-sized pieces that people can begin to understand it. Now, does our message grow and does it expand? Yes. But what I help 
try to help people understand is to think of it as like an inverted funnel, right? Where you have like the small piece up top. So think through, and you know, we used to talk about like creating paragraphs that people could listen to, um, sentences. At this stage now, we're creating words that people will listen to. How do we move from one word to the next word to the next word in such a way that doesn't bore them or make them yawn, but it makes them say, hmm, what's the fourth word? What's the fifth word? Well, tell me a little bit more about this. So think of it as an inverted funnel where you only give them those first few words that really just serves to whet their appetite. And some people will align and some people won't. If it's not going to be an alignment, man, fine. That, that's great. But if there is going to be an alignment there, how do I say just enough that piques something inside of them? Right? Or, you know, whoa, 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 that's awesome. Well, tell me the next thing. And at that point, I'm not verbally, you know, having diarrhea all over them. What I'm doing is I'm creating a scenario where I keep control of the conversation by giving them what they want. And then they're coming to me. Hey, tell me more. Tell me the next thing. Tell me the next thing. So where does the persuasion piece play into all of that? And can you kind of help us differentiate between persuasion and manipulation? Yeah, that's that's huge. And it's interesting to me that uh, as I share and talk with people, when I say the word persuasion, manipulation is the first thing that comes to mind. And I don't think it's really the, the fault of other people. I think that sometimes we have been trained in what we think is persuasion when in reality it is total manipulation. And we've been taught like a few keywords that we can say that's going to make somebody turn and do what it is that, that we want them to do. So let's just like take it apart if we can. And let's start with manipulation and talk a little bit about that. And manipulation uh, is defined this way. It is, the, it is to control or to influence a person or situation and to do it cleverly, to do it unfairly, to do it unscrupulously. So here's what that is. That is us putting our desires, our wants on someone else and trying to make them do that for our good. If you're in sales, it might work one time, right? You could be a good salesperson and manipulate someone. But here's the thing. We know that customer acquisition is one of the greatest expenses that a company has. So when we manipulate people, it's often just a one-off deal. And we've probably been all on those phone calls or we've had that salesperson and we've done whatever just to get rid of them, to get it, get it over with. Um, that's the manipulation side of it. And none of us, I don't think, want that. The other side of that um, is persuasion. And persuasion is defined this way. It's to call someone to do something through reasoning or argument. And the argument here being the purest sense of the word argument, not today's political discourse, but the sense of argument being where I state what's important to me, I state my beliefs, you state your beliefs as well. And what we look for over time as the definition continues is a sustained effort that over time that that person's thinking and our thinking begins to align. So sometimes that looks like us moving just a little bit over and that person coming over. And at the end, what happens is both people are finding their win and what's going on here. And I look for two magic words at the end of a, like working on a deal or structuring something or having a conversation where I'm trying to, to, to move someone along to this, this common place here. I look for two magical words. And if I hear these two words, I know that I have persuaded and not manipulated. And those two words are, that's right. So when I hear them say, that's right, what's happened now mentally, they are in the same place I am. And they're like, hey, Jeff, yeah, that's right. Your, your product will help me here. Our work will help this. Yeah, that's right. Let's do this. And at that point, they're excited. I'm excited because I have persuaded. 
I've moved them along through sound thought, through reasoning, through this process to the point that they're just as excited as I am about what, what what's happening here. Yeah. And I haven't manipulated, tried to make them do something out of my own concern. So I kind of have a random question for you while you're sitting here talking about this. I started wondering, when is a time recently that someone has just flat out persuaded you? Um, well, how about this? I just signed up for the most expensive speaking coach that I have ever hired in wow. any area of my life. Um, and the reason that I, that I signed up uh, for her program, first of all, I read some of her books. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, I have a new book coming out. So for people that are looking to become an authority, Having a book is an incredible asset, um, but she's also um, known as the industry expert, and that's one fantastic way. I have a whole chapter in my book about becoming an industry expert. It will jumpstart a person, your ability to persuade other people. If people look to you as the guru, the thought leader, the one who knows everything about this, um, because she is known as the, the industry expert, she has a background of, of helping speakers like me build six and seven figure incomes mm -hmm. that as we had, we had our pre-conference call and on the call, you know, I, I talk a lot uh, in my book. In fact, I have a whole chapter on you know, helping others find their win. My call she just kept talking about like having reviewed my assets and looking at where I am in my business right now. She kept talking about what she could bring to the table that would help me get there, help me get to the next place. So she kept speaking to the needs that I have and yeah, she won me over. I just today actually finalized everything and I just paid out the most money I've ever paid for a coach. And I'm happy to do it because I fully believe, because she's persuaded. I fully believe that based upon her background and the way that we have connected, emotionally in our conversations that this isn't an expense to me, right? Yeah. I'm investing in my business and as an outcome. And, you know, for me, if I sign, you know, one speaking gig at more than pays, pays, yeah. you know, what, what, what I'm paying her. Exactly. And I think that's where we get tripped up is we get so excited and passionate about X that we forget to use the language and communicate with the people we're trying to persuade about how this aligns with their goals and their mission and their values. So essentially what you're saying is we have a tendency to think persuasion is all about us, but it's really about communicating in a way where we lead the other people into saying that's right, because it's actually about them and how we can use our mission to align with and get behind what they're trying to do. Exactly, and that's why I devoted a whole chapter to this. Now, I wanna be very careful um, in this because we can even take something like helping others find their win so you find your win and turn that into manipulation where we say, hmm, if I'm gonna win, I gotta help you win. That means I gotta to pretend to care. I'll go do whatever it takes for that because ultimately I want to win. So that can become manipulation in and of itself. Um, Zig Ziglar says it this way. He says, you'll get everything in life that you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. So that's got to be the focus. But I mean, before we even accept that, I mean, I think we have to check our hearts and say, where am I? Do I really care about when I go stand on stage to speak? My thought process is when you leave here, I want you to be energized. I want you to be mobilized. I want you to be inspired. I want you to have content that you can walk out of this door and make your life better than when you walked in. I am not thinking about the check that I'm gonna get. I am not thinking about books that I'm going to sell. My mindset is on how do I deliver to you? And as a result, the checks are good, you know, and people buy books, that's, that's all great. But that's not 
that's, that's not the focus. My focus really is on helping. So I think it does start with us checking our hearts. And if we don't really care about the other people in that kind of manner, I think we have to go back in and examine ourselves and say, well, why am I so about myself that I can't pull back and say, hey, look, this is what my group needs. This is what my tribe needs. This is what my audience needs and really focus in on uh, delivering what it is that they need. That's so good. Where can people connect with you online and purchase your book? Uh, they are welcome to visit my website at jefftippett.com. It's J-E-F-F-T-I-P-P-E-T-T.com. Um, they can get today, in fact, right now, they can get a free chapter of my book by texting six Persuade to 66866. Um, and there's a chapter on crafting a simple message message that they can have instantaneous access to, to get a feel for the things that um, I talk about. And they're welcome to connect on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere they want to. Uh, and just like I've talked today, if there are things that I can answer, if I can help people along in their journey, you know, I'm just here to, to help and make life better for people. Yeah. So before our very last question, how's, how's your daughter doing? She, so she's now 15. She is, she's amazing. So she is uh, an incredible breath of life. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen someone as positive um, as she is. Um, I knew early on, uh, you know, I, like going into this, I faced a lot of questions myself, you know, like here's a white person bringing, you know, an African person into the home. What, what am I doing? What, how's that going to affect her? How does that affect her life? Uh, but early on, I think she was probably around four years old. Uh, she was on the floor and she was assembling like groups of the her little play toys together. And I asked her, Nina, you know, it was Nina, Nina, you know, what are you doing? And she said, well, daddy, I'm making families. And she said, they don't match, but they're still family. Just like I don't match, but I'm still family. Now she's an athlete. She's a runner. She's a dancer. This summer, she um, went online, filled out online applications, went through the, the interview process, got landed her first job. She's built up a massive savings account uh, for herself as I've, you know, I'm trying to help her become strong and independent as she goes out and lives her life. And, you know, we talked a lot about saving and why that's important that she's always secure financially in herself um, to, to free herself up from other things that may happen and may come her way. Um, and she is just, She's doing fantastic. Uh, I recently put a hot tub in and in the evenings we sit on the hot tub and we just talk about her school day and we talk about life and um, she, she inspires me, her positivity. Like, something negative can hit her and it just slides right off and she'll process it. She'll like, well, okay, but look, what about this? And she's cool. all to the positive. So Jeff, our very last question, if you were to address this next generation of leaders, maybe they feel discouraged. They're not seeing the progress that they want to see. Maybe they're contemplating giving up or not pressing through whatever situation that they are finding themselves in right now. What words of advice would you have to give them? Uh, I guess the first evaluate, you know, is this something that needs to move forward? Sometimes we do need to drop things. Sometimes it's just not the right thing to do. But if it is the right um, just like with this adoption, like I faced so many obstacles. I got told no so many times. I got turned down. The government shut down. You know, I had guns held in my head, machetes at my All this stuff was happening to me. But I had this inside drive that just wouldn't let me quit. And yeah, there were days I threw my hands up. And there were days I like, I quit. You know, I can't do this anymore. But you know, I go to bed. I get up the next morning, the sun is up, and we're starting everything new again. And so, like, forget what didn't work. You know, if it didn't work, all right, fine. It's a new day today. It doesn't matter anymore. And to find that internal drive that just won't let you quit. And that's the only way I made it through the adoption. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have not subscribed yet, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And also, if you have a second, 
leave us a review. Lastly, we have a private Facebook group if you are looking for a tribe of like-minded leaders who are unconventional in their approach but dedicated to making an impact. Head over to Facebook and type in Unconventional Leaders and we will be sure to add you. You guys have a great week.